All right, y'all ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's just open up in a quick word of prayer, if we can. Gracious and eternal Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, because this is truly the day that you have made, so we'll continuously rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Lord, for everything that is happening in this season. We thank you for life. We thank you for new life. We thank you for health, strength. Lord, on tonight, we ask that you would move Kenny out of the way and just have your way, Holy Spirit. Lord, and when I've said enough, just nudge me and just take over and wreck us on tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this on today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. Just look over at somebody if you can and just tell them one thing you're expecting on tonight. Come on. What are you expecting? (laughs) What are you expecting? All right. Uh, I'm going to look at 2 Kings. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here on tonight. And then I'm going to roll over to the New Testament book of Luke. 2 Kings chapter 5. And... I'm going to be reading from the New King James. Now, I warn you, um, I'm not going to stay this calm. Um, If if I sweat, I had some dental work done last week. If I spit, it's anointed. Amen. We'll have a good time tonight. All right. Second Kings chapter five, verses one through three. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Somebody say, but. Come on, we got to say it together, but. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Let's look over. No, let's go down to eight. So it was when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let me come to him and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots and he stood at the door of Elijah. Let me tell you something. God ain't impressed with all that stuff. Yeah, man. And so then Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elijah's house. And Elijah sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. God knows best. 
But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to meet me and stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the spot and places and heal the leprosy. Are there not the Abana and the Paphar rivers of Damascus better than all the rivers and waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servant came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more when he says to you, wash and be clean. So he went down and he dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. And he was clean. One act of obedience. Ah, one act of obedience can change your entire life. One act, one act, one move, one move. Man, I feel like preaching already. God said to somebody in here, you're one move away from me opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out a blessing on you that you're one move away. And it's connected to your obedience. <clears throat> Let me look at Luke real quick. Luke chapter 4. And this is what it says. <coughs> Luke 4 and 27. Uh. And assuredly I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own home. <coughs> but I tell you, many widows were in Israel in the day of Elijah when the heavens were shut up. In six months, there was a great famine throughout. Here it is, 26. But to none of them Elijah was sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah. Here's the key. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman. None of them were cleansed except Naaman. The Syrian. If I want to use for a thought on today, I will use the thought, you have to dip again. You have to dip again. <clears throat> and here at the outset of this message, Jesus is saying in the Gospels and showing that it was his intention from the very beginning to be a God of inclusion. To be a God of inclusion. That he wasn't just the God of the Jews, but he was also the God of the Gentiles. That over in the Old Testament, we see in the sacred writ that God is not just blessing just the Jewish people, but he was also blessing a people who were not a people. We see him stretching across the annals of time and touching people like Ruth the Moabitess, and we see him touching people like Rahab, the harlot. We see him touching people, even in the text that we just read, 
touching Naaman, a leper, because it has always been God's plan to be a God of inclusion. Not as a doctrine, not as a belief, but in regards to his love, his power, and his grace. This is why we have to be very careful who we say has no right to be used by God. <clears throat> this is why we must be very careful when we look at people and we can disqualify them, not understanding that God has a plan for their life, just like he has a plan for yours. Be careful who you look at and think that they have no right to do what it is that they're doing. Because if the truth be told, if anybody ever opened up your closet, you wouldn't have a skeleton, you would have a choir. But the reality of it is, what makes us a candidate to be used by God is his loving kindness. This is why it's hard for me to walk in arrogance. It's hard for me to throw up airs and think that I'm important because while some people know Pastor Ford, Bishop Ford, I know Kenny. And I know that if it hadn't been for the grace of God, where would I be? It causes us not to walk in arrogance, but to walk in humility, understanding this. And I oftentimes say this, our bodies are 90% water and 10% dirt. You know what that is? Mud. How dare you try and act pompous and throw up holy hands, not understanding that you are nothing but a mud pie. A mud pie with a suit, a dress, skinny jeans, however you want to flow. But this is what causes us to give God glory. This is what causes us to give God praise. There are some people who must realize, understand this, that they will never be accepted. You'll never be accepted by the cliques in the clubs because some people don't think you belong. They think you have no right. They think that you've messed up so bad. They think that you're too far gone. But this is the thing I want to tell you right now. Stop looking for validation from people. Approval from others. And looking for them to give you the thumbs up or the thumbs down. The only one that you need to worry about being accepted by is Jesus Christ. The Bible tells me over in Ephesians 1 and 6 that now we are accepted into the beloved. That no matter what is going on and no matter what has happened, we need to know that we are accepted. No matter what you have done, no matter how far you are gone, you need to know on tonight that you are accepted. And if God be for you, who can be against you? God is saying on tonight that I was for you. I was for you before the foundations of the world. I was for you, that's why your mother didn't have the abortion. I was for you that even when you did the things that you did that you never thought that you could make it back from, God said, my hand was still upon your life. And guess what? I'm still for you. So whether they accept you into the club or not, guess what? How many of you know God is for you on tonight? Give God a hand clap of praise. <clears throat> that 
Whenever God is involved in something, those who name the name of Jesus, they are called his children. That, that there would be some exemplary or some exemplified work that will be shown in our lives, mainly in the church, because we're supposed to be different than the world. All right. John 17, 21 and 24 says this. Jesus speaking, that they all may be one. Come on, somebody say one. As Father, you are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Jesus is talking about the disciples here. All right, just roll with me for a little while. I'm going to teach, then I'm going to turn up. All right. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect or mature. I need you to say that word back to me. Say mature. In one, you can't be mature and think that it's about you. Uh, uh, we, we, we about to, you can't be a team and be mature and roll as one if it constantly has to be about, oh, huh, huh, huh. Here it is. Could this be perhaps why we don't see true glory of God falling in the houses of worship? Because when God is calling us together as one, somebody has an ulterior motive. I'm a, I'm a, it's going to make sense in a minute. All right? Just give me a second. <clears throat> we, when we come together, should be experiencing miracles, signs, and wonders. And this should not be something foreign. It should be the norm to the believer. It should be foreign to babes and people who don't know Christ. But to the believer, it should be something that we desire to see the hand of God move in our houses, in our, in our families, and in the church. And what he is desiring is that we move as one. Something powerful and unique happens when we move as one. All throughout history and all throughout time. Let me explain something to you. It's a principle. It's a principle. It has nothing to do with being black, white, Chinese, tall, skinny. It's a principle. Meaning this, if you take the principle and you apply it in China, the same principle that you used in China will be the same principle that works here. It's a principle. It has nothing even really to do with being saved. It's a principle. When people move as one. Listen. The Germans nearly wiped out an entire race. Not because they were powerful, but because they moved as one. The Hutus almost wiped out the Tutsis over in Rwanda, Africa, because they moved 
as one. Here it is. And this is the principle in Genesis 11. The Bible says that when they begin to build the Tower of Babel, that they begin to build it. But this is the problem. They said, let us build the tower to make our name great so that we will not be scattered throughout the earth. And God said, if as one people they begin to do this, they're going to accomplish what they set out to do. Now watch this. So God said, I have to confuse their language so that they can't do what they're setting out to do as one people. Here it is. Point number one, whatever you're trying to build, whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to accomplish, make sure you include God. Anything you're trying to build, it may have progress, but it will not prosper because God said, without me, there will be no other God before me. Understanding that God is saying, if you want me to work in your marriage, include me. If you want me to work in your finances, include me. If you want me to work in your job, include me. And you have people who are frustrated because what they're trying to build is not working. But let me ask you this question. Did you include God? God is saying, you don't try this on your own. Let me give you a couple more. So much so in that when Solomon built the temple, he built the temple and he called for the priest. And when the priest came in, in Chronicles chapter 7, he said, listen, we're going to set a fire. We're going to offer up a sacrifice. We want the musicians in. This is why musicians are so key and so important as it relates to ministry. You're not just playing just to play, but you're playing to usher in the presence of God. The listener, the lyre, the hearts, bring them all together. And what we're going to do, here it is. We're going to play until God sends the fire from heaven. And when he sends the fire from heaven, this is not a fire that was made by man. It was so potent and powerful that the glory of God showed up. And anything that was not like God had to get out of the temple. Where is the church that will light a fire in their heart, that will come out of their mouths, that when we begin to worship God, the Shekinah glory will show up so that anything that is not like God will have to go. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about AIDS, cancer, COVID, depression, low self-esteem. I'm talking about anything that's not like God would have to leave out and people can be restored and healed and free and set free. Where is the church that would ignite a fire, amen, inside of their hearts so that when they begin to worship, everybody on their row will be blessed because you sat there. Come on, church. Give God a hand clap of praise and determine this is my season that I ignite a fire so that nobody will be able to put it out. In the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that they were together in one place. Somebody was, 
Here we go. Somebody say one. Under one roof, in one place, and on one accord. And there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. When we get to get together and we become one. Somebody say one. God will begin to show up supernaturally. And the Bible says, suddenly, come on, suddenly, I believe in the process of sanctification. I believe that there's a, but how many of you know when we show up as one, as a family, as a couple, as a marriage, that there are some things that God is going to do in your life suddenly. Come on, sudden change, sudden deliverance, sudden victory, sudden. God said this season is not going to be a long, drawn-out process. God said get ready because in this season, I'm getting ready to do some things in your life suddenly. I'm getting ready to bless your children. I'm getting ready to bless, I'm getting ready to bless your household. Amen. Yeah, they, they, they raggedy, they, they wretched. Amen. They trifling, as my mother used to say. But how many of you know that when God gets a hold of them, he's going to do something suddenly? Sudden change over you, sir. Sudden change over you, ma'am. And God says, when you move as one, get ready because I'm going to do it suddenly. This, this fire that, that God is getting ready to ignite for Kuhau. This fire that God is getting ready to ignite over your lives. This fire, that's what? Because I reached the place in my life where because of the trials of life, I said, I ain't preaching no more. Oh, yeah. I said, God, I'm content. Keep me where you got me. But guess what? I felt something inside of me, like with Jeremiah. He said, listen, I tried to keep my hands still, and they started moving. I tried to keep my feet still, and they started moving. I tried to keep my mouth shut, but it started moving. And he said, it felt like fire shut up in my bones. When you really have a call of God, there ain't nobody that's going to be able to stop you. But God is saying, I put this inside of you, and I want it to burn, baby, burn. Somebody declare, amen, that this is my fire season. Come on, somebody say one. Come on, y'all got to say it like you mean it. One. This is what happens when God gets a hold of you and he causes a powerful move, but it starts with one. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And there was a sound amongst the trees. The books talk about in, 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 in Second Kings, that it sounded like an army marching on top of the trees, and it sounded like one. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that one thing will I seek over. Not 20, not 12, not 10, not 5, but one. Because when God's people move as one, get ready for a mighty anointing. He'll do it in one place 
that people never thought that it would go that it was going to happen. Amen. That's what he did for Gideon. Gideon was blessed in the wine press. And you may think that your little church is hiding in the corner. God says, that's exactly what I want to use. Amen. Because I'll start a fire in a corner and set the whole forest ablaze. That's what I want to do. But the enemy's job is to keep us separated. Strife. Strife in the family. Strife in the ministry. Strife on the job. Strife in the church. And he will use anything and anybody he can to keep us divided. To keep us divided. Oh, I don't mind that they, as long as they never come together, I'm cool. United they stand, divided they fall. The enemy will use race and color and creed to keep people divided. And the truth of the matter is this. Me and Pastor Marquez grew up together. Let me explain something to you. I'm a little bit darker than him. And he came up with the play Plantinos and Collard Greens. I think we originated it first. This is my best friend. We were friends in the fourth grade, trading baseball cards. I, I'm gonna save that story for another time. We, 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 but, but the thing is this, we didn't see color. We didn't see, we, the only thing we saw was two brothers who enjoyed each other's company and went to school together and laughed and played. And my thing is this, as you get older, the world will try and stigmatize that as something bad. Hear me. This is why. When you understand the power of one. The Lord said, my house, Pastor Rowe, shall be called the house of prayer for all nations. Not a black church, a white church. A Latino church, an African church. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And when all nations begin to move as one, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto you. But if we see your nationality and your color and your differences more than we see Jesus, people will be repelled as opposed to come. But when you begin to lift up Jesus, how many of you know people have no choice but to come? I want to know what's going on. I want to see what's happening. I want to know what the difference maker is. And the thing is this, when we begin to lift up Jesus as one, we can begin to see people be drawn to him because his heart will be shown before our color. should have warned y'all. I usually get in trouble five times a Sunday and I'm at about number two. We got about three more. Here it is. The drawing power. I'm coming to Nehemiah. I don't ever violate the text. It is here that the Lord is showing that he is not partial. Hear me. The Lord said, I have other sheep 
that you know not of. That salvation was not just for the Jews, but it was for the Gentiles as well. That he shows us that this is, he is not a respecter of person, but he shows us that he's a respecter of faith. Don't go to sleep on me yet, y'all. That there are people who were not a people, that he made a people. Jesus said, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Can I give you something? God said, because you were faithful. Because you were faithful, that I'm getting ready to make your situation do an about face. Come on, y'all. Come on. Uh, hey, I almost hopped on that one. God said, because you were faithful and you did it the way I wanted it to be done. He said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So God said, even though it appeared you were at the end of the line, I'll make your whole situation turn around. And what appeared to be first will be last. And what appeared to be last will be first. How many of you are determining on today that my situation is getting ready to do an about face? All because you put your faith in me. I'm not concerned about your situation. I'm not concerned about your issue. I'm not concerned about your problem, but I'm concerned with can you be obedient? Because that's what's going to turn it around. Here's the glue. Here's the glue. Here's the glue. Here's the glue. Where's Rue at? Rue, come here. I need you to grab my bag. I don't know what's in there, so don't don't dump it. Okay. I, I worked last night, so yeah. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Here it is. Here it is. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Here's the glue. Here's the glue. Here's the glue. God said, <clears throat> when you move as one, <clears throat> this is how you know. Because it's always in retrospect, you can see that everything you faced was a part of his plan. Everything you faced was a part of his plan. The blessings that you are getting now is because of the hell you had to go back through then. And God is saying, there is no oil unless there's a crushing. And the produces the best part. God said, I couldn't give it to you before because you were like Joseph. You were immature. You would run and tell everything. Tell on people. Joseph was a snitch, y'all. But God said, when you were a child, you thought like a child. You spake as a child. You reasoned as a child. But when you became mature, you can handle the oil. You put childish things behind you. It's 
Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for him. Come on, somebody say it was God's plan. Come on, y'all got to get that in your spirit. It was God's plan. Come on, say it like you mean it. It was God's plan. This is how you know. When you look back, you can see everything lined up. Once you may have cried, you saying, God, I thank you. Oh, I, I thank you that they broke my heart the way they did. Because then I wouldn't have really found out what a real woman is. Somebody hug me and tell me, thank you, Jesus. Uh, this, 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 is, this, is, this is the stuff. See, some, come on. When it's God's plan, you, you, and it may have rocked you, but it didn't destroy you. It was a part of his plan. It was a part of his plan. And when you look back over your life and you think things over, you can truly say that you are blessed. And guess what? Not only are you blessed, but God gave you a weapon called your testimony. See, your testimony is a weapon. Not, 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 some people just got a money. No, no, you got a testimony. When you've gone through the test and you can attest that God is good and God is great and he's done marvelous things for us. So now when you open up your mouth, let me tell you something. I said this a long time ago. If I couldn't quote one scripture, my testimony would bring people to Jesus because you got to understand when you've lived it and you've gone through it, it has credence and it has power because you've gone, because you experienced it. Nobody can't tell me what I've had to go through, the tears I've cried, the mental anguish. But when God brings you out, that's your weapon. So when you open up your mouth, it breaks yokes. It gives you a different perspective. You could have became salty. You could have became bitter. But how many of you know that it's all good because it was all God? Like David said, Though you meant it for evil, God used it for good. So there are some people, I can look at you and shake your hand and determine, God ain't going to give you that much power, sweetheart, to where you destroy my life. Come on, come on. How many of you know God ain't going to give nobody else that much power to destroy you? If you didn't go through it, you wouldn't be where you are now. Some people need to go back and tell that supervisor, thank you. Some people need to go back and send that woman some flowers for what to, some people need to go back and tell homeboy, job well done. Because if they didn't do what they did, you wouldn't be able to stand the way you are now. Come on, somebody just say, somebody just, somebody just holler back at me and just say, I'm still standing. Come on, somebody determine. I need somebody who's really standing to really determine I'm still standing. Yeah. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Hey, I might be like Jacob. I might have a limp, but guess what? I'm still standing.
Jesus mentions this man who has leprosy. And the rule was this. This is the rule. You got leprosy, you done. Well, Mr. Ford, uh, he checked the charts and there's nothing else we can do. You got leprosy. Ah, done. Done. So here it is. He mentions him. And not only does he mention that he has leprosy, but he mentions that he's a Syrian. He's not even Jewish. But there were other people who were sick during that time. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. But the only one who got healed was Naaman. Y'all ready? Naaman was the only name that was recorded in the Bible that received a healing from leprosy. In the Old Testament, Naaman was exceptional. Hear me. Because when other people had what he had, they died. They didn't make it. They quit. They threw in the towel. But Naaman was the exception to the rule. Here it is. Exceptional people go through exceptional trials in order to produce an exceptional anointing. You tell people, you you don't want this. You don't want, you don't want this. You, you don't want, unless you have been charged and called and God has sanctioned you, you don't want it. Because people don't understand. They see the glory. They see the power. They see God using you. But they don't understand the attacks that come with it. And in order for you to understand that you are exceptional, there will be exceptional tests and exceptional trials. But God said, because my hand is upon your life, it is going to produce an exceptional anointing that when you lay hands on the sick, they will get well. Ah, that when you speak a thing that is not as though it was, it shall come to pass. That when you, amen, God said, I will blow your mind. I will do, amen, un, 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 unsearchable things. Amen. That, 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 that God said, Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him who can do exceedingly and abundantly above all you may ask or think according to the power that worketh within, that there is going to be an anointing that raises up inside of you, that when you think it, you'll be able to do it. Not because of your might, but because of the power that worketh within. Here it is. God said, to you that are in here, your trial is exceptional because you are exceptional. 
that you are not just the run of the mill, that you are not common. Don't let anybody water you down or make you feel like your anointing didn't cost you anything. God said you are exceptional, that when you walk into the room, the whole atmosphere shifts, that your presence means something, that, amen, I've left you here. While other people went through what you did and they didn't make it, you're exceptional because you're still here. Give God a praise and declare Yes, my trial was exceptional because I'm exceptional and it produced an exceptional harvest and anointing. Come on, look at somebody and tell them, you are exceptional. They may not believe it for themselves. Amen. But you can speak over their lives right now and just determine, I need you to speak with the anointing that is inside of you and determine over their life, you are exceptional. Y'all still here? All right. All right. Four minutes. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. 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 Nope, I am obedient. Oh, 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 no, no, no. Another story, another time. God, in order to get to the place of exception, understand this. Naaman was captain of the guard. Naaman could fight. Naaman could fight. Another sermon, another time. You can't be in God's service and not be a person who not like to fight. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Ain't no way a devil should be running wild in your house, in your church. Let me say, you know, I told the church, I told the church this. I said, the only way a demon can come up in your church and cause all types of havoc and gossiping is because it feels comfortable there. That's number four. That's number four. No matter how great you are, Naaman was not number one. He wasn't the king. You got to learn how to serve. Oh, did I curse? (laughs) If serving is beyond you, beneath you, then leading is beyond you. You can't want to be a leader and not want to serve. Even Jesus after supper had ended, he got up, took off his outer garments, put on a towel, and began to wash his disciples' feet. Now, if it was me, y'all know my story. Amen. I would have broke Judas' foot. Judas would have betrayed me, but he would have limped to go do it. Amen. Hey, go, in there, go, go do what you must do and do it quickly. Amen. See, understand this. Understand this. <clears throat> you have to serve. Now, this is the interesting thing. Jesus served everybody, including Judas. And you're not ready to be exceptional until you're willing to get down and serve people who've hurt you, disappointed you, let you down, people who've broken your heart. And the reason why God can't take you where he wants to take you is because you're still holding on to Judas. My thing is this, let Judas go and go do what he has to do quickly because eventually Judas will hang himself and you'll go on to glory. 
continue to understand that there's something greater in this. And God is saying, the lower you can go, the higher I can take you. Come on. The lower you can go, the higher I can take you. We're friend there. Got one for you too. Your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain. God said, you shall weep if you faint not. Hear me what I'm getting ready to say. He never said where you would weep, but he did promise you that you're going to weep. And I'm not talking about when you gone on to glory. God said you're going to reap in the earth. Receive it on today. Ah, fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. And walk in the power and the unction of Jesus Christ. It is not in vain. Give God a hand clap of praise. Offering. Didn't my pastor had me preaching Wednesdays for years? But you know what? It wasn't for them, it was for me. If you can serve without getting paid, without being recognized, without having your name called, without your name up in lights, God said, I will reward you publicly. For what you did for me in secret. Here it is. Naaman served. Serve with the heart of gratitude. Bible says that he was a great man of integrity and he served his master well. Here it is. To thine own self be true. Your servant will lead to promotion. Now watch this. Come on up here, Ro. Let me show you how oil flows. If if I would open up this bottle and I pray it over. If I poured this oil on row, it would go down, it would enter his beard, his neck, down his skirts, down to the bottom. But what's sampled at the top should be the same thing that's sampled at the bottom. <clears throat> Worship team, musicians, Lady Lee, pastors, cameramen, everybody should have their leader's oil. 
their leaders oil. So that's what's sampled at the bottom, whether it's a greeter, you should have the same spirit as your leader. Come on. So this is what happens. Oil never flows up. Oil flows down. So what has to happen, and I know his heart, and I know his spirit, so he's not an egotistical person. What happens is the body has to get in position to receive. To receive. Because you will always have people who throw oil up. This is what I mean. Oh, I know you're not row, but if you were, you know, if you would start your own ministry. Oh, I know you're not the worship leader, but if, you know, I think you sing better. And what happens is people are throwing oil up. God is saying, no. If you want a blessing, position yourself under your leader. Blessed are they who walk in unity. Unity. One. For it is like the oil that was poured upon Aaron's head and flowed to his beard. Now, I always get in trouble when I say this. The beard protects the neck. The neck holds up headship. And if the neck is not sturdy enough, mature enough, strong enough, the head is going to suffer. And sometimes, Pastor, you got to trim the beard so the oil can flow to the body. You have to. People may not understand it. They may not like it. But if the oil is getting caught up in what should be, you got to trim the beard so the oil can flow. Come on, determined amen. This is my season for flow. This is for you and your household. Your prayers, let the oil flow. Hallelujah. Let the oil flow. Let the oil flow in your house, in your finances, in your ministry, in your marriage. Let the oil flow. Everyone standing all over this house. I'm going to give you three more and we're going to, I promise you I'm going to pray. Who Watch this. Never follow someone who isn't going anywhere. Never follow someone who isn't going anywhere. Who you are connected to speaks volumes over your life. You show me who you hang with, I'll show you where you'll be three years from now. I can tell how blessed you are by who you hang with.
I just need you to look over at somebody and just tell them prophetically for me. Tell them stay connected. Come on, I need you to say one more thing. Who you are connected to. Who you are connected to matters. Marquez, this one's for you. This buzz for you. Come on up here. I'll tell you. I've I've known him, like I said, for over 35 years. And I prayed for you after our last talk. It's like I knew you prayed for me. I was ducking bullets and bombs and missiles and other stuff. The right connection. Come on, Marquez. Come on. The right connection. Hear me. Produces the right results. And so, I speak fresh oil over your lives. Speak fresh oil over everything that you touch. God gave me a promise a long time ago. And uh, I don't know how kids are out there these days. Let me give you the short version. God showed up to me in a a vision of an angel. And he told me that whatever I touch, that it will always be blessed. And he said, I will never lack a word to preach. But it comes from the Lord and the pain that we endure to be able to produce what is in our lives. So I'll give you this oil. Look at it as a transference. That if this is my last service preaching, I could not think of a better friend to get that to. Walk in it. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for them. But it was because of his obedience to connect with Roe and Roe's obedience to connect with him. That they are able to be fruitful. Come on, give God a praise one more time. All right. Here it is. Naaman had it all together. You can sit here. You can act like you got it all together. Naaman had a long sword. Naaman had all this regalia. 
Amen. When the sun hit his helmet, amen, the Bible says that it radiated throughout the, throughout the town and the streets. But the Bible says, but he had leprosy. And everybody in here is dealing with a but. Great man of God, but. Can sing like a canary. Blue Jay, but. Great stage, great presence, but. But. Now hear me. The beautiful thing about grace is this. It's not a tool to keep doing what you're doing. The beautiful thing about grace is God gives you grace to deal with your butt. He'll give you grace to deal with your butt before he deals with your butt. servant was close enough to put a bug in his wife's ear. Hey, there's a prophet down. I'm sure he'll heal them. Understand your alliances and your allegiances are what's going to be key in this next season. Noah was commanded to build a boat. Things like nothing about his children, but they were rescued, not because of who they were, but because of who their daddy was. The right connection, the right connection will allow you to be blessed. You can't be sensitive and what God tells you to do. Oh, so Naaman goes down there. Let me get this to Naaman goes down there. Elijah, I'm here. The Bible says he didn't even come out. He's in there eating noodles and noodles, watching ESPN. Go tell him dip seven times. And he got offended. Oh, oh, he ain't come see me. Oh, oh, Pastor Roe ain't called me. Oh, oh, Pastor Lee ain't called me. Oh, 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 they ain't respond back. Even if you can't get them, you can get him. Come on, y'all. You got to mature. You can't be so sensitive. You can't be so sensitive. Go dip seven times. Ah. But God said on today, how many of you are ready to dip? How many of you ready to put your pride aside, your butt aside, your issue aside? God is calling you to this altar, and I want you to pretend right, right, right quick that this is, this, is, this is the Jordan River. This is the Jordan River, and we're getting ready to step in the pool, and we're getting ready to dip, and we're getting ready to come up clean. We're getting ready for a new start. Yeah, the last time it didn't work, but God said dip again. Get ready to dip again. Get ready to dip again, cool house. Get ready to dip till you dip. 
until you come up clean. We're coming up clean this time. Come on, just give God a praise and just determine right now. I'm coming up clean. I'm getting ready to do it again. I'm getting ready to be renewed, restored, and revived. Come on. not going to take long. Come on, just lift your hands up towards heaven. I told you, if if you see more of Kenny than you see of Jesus today, then I have failed you as a preacher. The Lord is calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you higher. He's calling you. He said, I'm getting ready to restore the years. I'm getting ready to restore the years years that the canker worm, the palmer worm and the locusts have eaten he said I'm getting ready to give you gladness I'm getting ready to give you a spirit of praise I'm getting ready to give it to you Father right now with our hands uplifted we come Lord God not just with broken words but we come with broken hearts Lord you can go in and you can touch anything in any place in us that may have been damaged Lord we ask him right now for you to go into our past for you to go into our past Lord God and correct us Fix us where people have hurt us. Situations, Lord, that were out of our control. But we're giving them to you right now. Heal. Heal every broken place. Lord, right now, we give it over to you. Lord, right now, even though we stand here in this water, it may be murky. We may not even understand it. But Lord, we're going to dip one more time. We're dipping right now, Lord. We're dipping right now, Lord, till our finances come up clean. We're dipping, Lord God, till our families come up clean. We're dipping, Lord God, till, Lord, our hearts come up renewed and restored. We're dipping, Lord, till we can forgive the unforgivable. We're dipping, Lord God, till you make this situation new. We're dipping, Lord, till our minds, our minds are restored and rectified under the power of the Holy Ghost. We're dipping one more time, Lord. We're dipping one more time. We're dipping one more time. We're dipping one more time. We're dipping one more time all over this house. We're going to dip one more time. And that's all. As the worship team gets ready to go 